I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Another crazy story. Just like the others. How am I always involved? I can't explain it. Must be something in the air. Or maybe it's just me. Welcome back, everybody, to Is It Me, where we're spiraling. I'm your host, Michelle Forster. I'm here today. My guest is a comedian from Detroit. Yeah. It's Jay Hunter. <laughs> What's up? What's going on, man? Y'all, you guys got to check out what I'm listening to. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. <laughs> it's it going to be me. Um, well, that's Is It Me is the, the name of this podcast. So it coincidence coincidence i think so or you did your research i didn't know it, it was small research i kind of sort of put it oh, look at that that's a, oh, look at the service, service here thanks borge i will definitely tip well <laughs> so how are you jay i'm okay i'm uh i'm more than okay i'm actually very excited um so like the reason i'm in canada mm-hmm. um, detroit comic uh in canada uh last week i had a weekend at absolute and um in Ottawa in or Ottawa. Toronto, um, Ottawa, and it was my first time. Like I got in there, I've been working, working. Uh, Jason beating down for about two years now, and um, I also have Laugh Lounge weekend, the fifth and the sixth. Oh, so fun! I was just there last night and the night before. Does that change how you feel about going to perform there? I will tell the story like this. Um, to put a little bow on the reason I'm here, I'm kind of bookending, you know, the Ottawa thing. I wasn't going to stay in Ottawa for two weeks for no reason. And smart. I wasn't going to go back to the States. Uh, so Also smart. Yeah, so I decided to stay in Montreal, got on a bunch of shows. Sid gave me some love. Uh, Vaudeville, uh, Laval. Uh, laughs or some shit so like it's it's and i'll get the title right but so i wanted to stay in montreal but here's the thing here's the part where i'm like laugh lounge i'm running into a bunch of people i'm doing a bunch of shows out here um this one guy he performs at uh the house of jazz and his daughter was at a show and he was like my daughter lives in ottawa and she she'll go to your show or whatever and i was like sure thing got his contact information all i want all i want is just like a flyer or maybe even a link to the show. Right. And it's not posted. It's not up. For Laugh Lounge? For Laugh Lounge. Mm-hmm. And it's been that way for quite some time. So last week I shoot a message like, hey, I got some people interested in coming to see uh, the show. I was going to say me, but like come see the show. <laughs> and email, no response. I send a message to their Instagram business mm-hmm. chat. 
no response, but I'm watching them still posting stuff like last night was sold out. It's great. It's yeah. So I know for a fact that they were not answering their emails over the holiday break, which is super fair. And then I know also for a fact that the person that runs their social, I don't think answers their DMS because I know the person who runs their social. So I think you have to send a DM to the owner and I'll give you his name off air. Yeah. And you can DM him. He's a great guy. I've met him. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's uh he's one of the first people that I met. Uh, when I started coming to Canada a lot. Oh, cool. So I was excited that he, uh, he's, he's running, um, a tight ship that, um, I'm now a lot more happy though. I don't show it that you said they don't respond to that stuff because in my heart, it typically goes to, I go to dark places cause I used to be a practicing pessimist. <laughs> um, so it went to, Maybe they just canceled and it's such a rough blow that they're just going to wait to drop the shoe <laughs> like on the fourth. No. Yeah. So like it, it, it's one of those things where, um, yeah, that makes me, that makes me feel better though. There's like a handful of people that may not be able to catch the show or maybe I'll, whenever they post it, then I'll try and link them to it. But it's like three separate groups that are interested in seeing. Yeah. Wow. So many fans in Ottawa. It's, and, and, and some of them, like this one cat actually lives out here and he was like, oh, I'll come out there. And I'm like, wow, I just wish I had something, but, um, yeah. Fans. We can, we can get, we can get that. I think I, I can help you get that. I think that's uh it's always yeah. good to know people in high places. Yeah. At least one person in, in a high place. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. What's up? Oh, God in the building. What's mm. up? So how you have, you been enjoying your time in uh, Montreal? Mm-hmm. You've been doing lots of shows. You've been getting into lots of conversations. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, like everything is everything is interesting, and like I've been opening a different like a uh, chapter in my life um, where I'm trying to take things uh, a lot more serious, and it's ironic in like comedy. So it involves talking to more people and being more and more open, mm-hmm. but all the other shenanigans kind of go away. So like. I want to say I stopped drinking about six months ago just for um, personal reasons. I wanted to see if I can um, uh, shake this uh, AIDS. No, (laughs) 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 no, no. But for a good reason, I really just wanted to like, I'm trying some healthy stuff and, and I want to, I want to get, I want to get healthier. I want to eat like kale. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Even though the folic acid and I'm kidding. So like, Cutting out uh, certain carbs, cutting out like the gluten stuff, cutting out fried food, anything processed, uh, Mm -hmm. drinking a ton of water, eliminating sugar. I just wanted to see if there was going to be a change, getting rid of alcohol. And I've noticed certain changes of I can Mm -hmm. go to sleep easier, wake up. Sleep is a big one, yeah. All these silly things. I don't want to go to some doctor and some doctor's like, hey, take the, oh, I stopped taking any, any and all of my medications. I was like taking ADD medicine. I was... Taking some other I type just of started medicine, those. heart medicines and such. Oh, you should maybe take your heart medicine. Nope. I haven't stopped taking it. Okay. Don't need it. Uh, just whenever that heart rate gets up nice and high, I just sit down and dial 9-1 and just wait. <laughs> <laughs> no. Just like have your your no, your just, thumb just, hover on the last uh, one in, yeah, in like, case. And it's like that joke, like not, not like it's material, but like that joke only works 40 years ago when, you know, you press the last button and it dials. Yeah. 
I can dial 911 and I press send. That's the last button. You have to, but the last button is the green telephone the green, icon. Exactly. See, now I just got to update. It's too complicated. I got to update that bit that's just created in my head. Tragedy. Um, plus time equals constipation. No, so <laughs> it, it's, it's uh, you might be right on that heart medicine thing, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> not, like, no, but I, I understand. I just started um, Vivance and I do like the way that they make me feel, mm -hmm. but I have moments where I'm like, this is meth. <laughs> yep. And, and, and I take it every day. So this is how I, so how am I different from a meth addict? Very different. Um, <laughs> it's all justification. So a meth addict is chasing down a high. You're convincing yourself you need it to get by. Right. Right. But wouldn't the meth addict also think they need it to get by? No, they're chasing the high. They're just chasing the high. So like we're both chasing a high, but someone's chasing a party high or a good feeling. Mm. You, you know how people say, don't talk to me unless I have my coffee. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I say that every morning. That is the same thing as taking Adderall. Mm -mm -mm -mm. And, and the way that mm -hmm. I was mm -hmm. describing it, because this is how the feeling worked out with me. Um, I have concentration issues ever since I was a kid. They tried to put me on Ritalin. My mom told me that like five years ago. I was like, the fuck, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I love that parents just like hold these things in and they don't tell you till you're like in your twenties. Yeah. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when you were a kid, we knew it's, and you're like, <laughs> it's one of those things that makes sense because like we're always kids. So like even yeah. until you have a kid, you're always a kid. So true. And then even when you have a kid, you're a kid raising a kid. With a kid. And yeah. then you won't know until they're old enough to maybe have a kid. And then you could just tell them like, yeah, you remember when you were? And you're like, the f I didn't know this. And it's like, and you wouldn't. There's no reason for you to know. You have to get to a certain age to where you can actually understand and comprehend things. Some people, it's their 30s. You know, some people, their 20s when they had a rough life. But other than that, they could tell you at 18, you're just going to forget it because you have your 20s to go through. Yeah. You, There's so many things my parents told me when I was younger that I only understand now. Like they've to told me those things m most of my life. Like birds and the bees? Kind of like you're saying, like like if they told you, yeah, like the birds and the bees, like they told you something when you were young, but like you just said, I was too young to understand what they were really telling me. Yeah. And then re like recently I'll like, wake up and I'll be like, Oh my God, now I really know what my mom meant when she told me that. What's the latest one? Um, a lot of like stuff relating to grief. I'm like really coming to terms with like the fact that my parents, my parents both lost their parents when they were in their forties. So like they were like orphaned when they were in their forties. And at that time they were, v both of them were very, I would say angry, p angry people. Mm -hmm. And it only now just recently, like they, and they would tell us stories about like how their parents passed and, or like even they would tell us little tidbits when my grandparents passed and I was alive. And it only now has like really sunk in that I'm like, oh, you were two 40 year olds who were grieving with 10 year olds and yeah. like, didn't know how to do that. And the you complexity. were, you were pissed yeah, and you didn't have the space. Like if my, God forbid, if one of my parents passed right now, I have the space to like grieve that mm -hmm. like without any 
one responsibilities. Yeah, without any responsibilities. So it's not like you're relying not, on like, me. Married or a kid, mm-hmm. like, or or like some like I'm a surgeon and I need to be in surgery. When you have like these extra responsibilities, it just adds to the complexity. Mm-hmm. So like everyone on this planet has their own complexities, just the way that the ego is set up. Mm-hmm. So like everyone has their own personal hell. Like I can't say. Um, this day that I had is worse than anyone else's day. You know, mm-hmm. I, I tried to describe to someone um, a thug, uh, a, a thug in a in a shootout mm-hmm. could have a bad day, just as bad as some valley girl getting dropped off into the hood and doesn't have like her phone to call an Uber. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't say because there's bullets flying on this one that it's worse than there because internally. Mm-hmm. The way people process mm-hmm. their environment, you know, they could, her heart rate could be the same as his. His heart rate could be low. This could be nothing to him. This could be, you know, just another day like those you know, MMA mm-hmm. fighters. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like they're angry when they're fighting somebody. They're fighting somebody mm-hmm. as opposed to someone that gets dropped off and she's like, oh, my God, I don't have my phone. Heart starts racing, you know, palm sweaty, mom yep. spaghetti. Like that's, yep. that's, it can just, it can happen, you know, but it's just. It's uh, it's interesting. So like I've learned that uh, about people. Like I've been learning people for yeah. for like twenty years. So it's like, it's it's an interesting phenomenon about how they process things and how they process grief. And everyone has like their complexities, but the process to process is the same. Yeah, it, it's just hard because while you're going through it, it doesn't make any sense. No. That's that's interesting that you put it that way, process to process. Mm-hmm. So you've been studying people. We talked a little bit about this before the show started, um, about ego and stuff, and you said you have been studying people and people interact for 20 years. How old are you? I am 42. 42. Okay, so at 22 years old, you decide, is that when you started observing? Like, what were you doing before that? Just kind of... Um, it, you almost had that right on the nose. I've never had someone ever get that close. So um, I barely graduated high school. And I kind of had to join the Navy. And after I joined the Navy, like, hmm, I did pretty well on the test to get in. Mm-hmm. And after that test, they were like, hey, there's these three fields. Do you want to take the test to see if you qualify for these? And I took that test. And here's where I thought they got the wrong person. Like out of 80 points, they said I got a 78. And like I was hiding report cards as a kid. Like I wasn't good mm-hmm. academia. Um, so I got into the nuclear field and I operated a nuclear reactor in the Navy. So wasn't great at it. Um, the school part. <laughs> the school part, that was the hardest. Like, like <laughs> multiple choice was gone. Everything was write out answers. Everything was like a bunch of work. It was a bunch of memorization. And I graduated dead last. But I learned how to treat everything like a process. So right. I learned discipline. Mm-hmm. Now, all that entire time, I wasn't anything. Like, I was barely a blip. I didn't have too much of a personality. I didn't, you know. When the, you were in the Navy, you mean? Or when you were? All before. and uh, Oh, and, up until. And even, even the first two years in the Navy, I was just kind of going with the flow. And around 21, 22, I started to develop my constitution is how I just describe it. It's like mm-hmm. I started to develop myself and I started learning, you know, what I stand up for, what I won't, you know, what I'll die for. Mm-hmm. So at around 22, Your country, 23, hopefully. Um, <laughs> at, at the time. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I, that was a Navy joke. No, no. 
you're right. They're going to have to take back my valor. I stole it. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't ready to die like Biggie. You know what I'm saying? No, no. But it was I the Navy. It was the Navy. It was one of those situations where motherfuckers, there are people in the Navy that didn't know how to swim. And they're like, how could you be in the Navy and not know how to swim? I was on an aircraft carrier that carried like 3,000 people. If I need to swim, we have bigger fish to fry. Yeah. Like if I'm in a situation where I'm overboard or, you know, the ships hit, everyone jump, abandon ship. First off, you jump off of an aircraft carrier that's going down, just the pull of that large vessel, you're not swimming away from that. Right. Phelps wouldn't even be able to do it with his fucking, you know. Yeah. Because he's got those, well, we have those ears. Um, around 22, 23, mm-hmm. really started to hone my skills, learn myself, and started to see the patterns in things. Just from that discipline, that training, being able to see things all as like a process. Yeah. And, and logic started taking over in my life. So then I started developing myself. Once I started developing myself, I was able to see other people. Other people not developed. Other people going through the motions. Other people right. that are just signing up for that social contract. You know, yeah. that, that day in, day out of, hey, be polite to people. And they're supposed to be polite back. And ask them about how their day and how the weather's going and all these other things that mm-hmm. aren't real and just kind mm-hmm. of fake. Mm-hmm. So after I learned that, I started just looking at people. And right. there's nothing new under the sun. No. Nothing. Isn't that sad when you realize that? I think I had a similar a similar realization. It's it's sad, and then it's up to you to get out of that sadness. So mm-hmm. my version of getting out of that sadness, and this is this is kind of the crux of why I got into comedy, is I guess we're going into it. So back in 2017, I kind of had a life altering situation. So as cliche as it sounds, I. Uh, I was on a deathbed and I said, if I like live, I'm no longer going to just be angry at the world. I'm going to be the change that I want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, stage four cancer, whatever. We'll get into it if we need to. Um, so I survived. I'm going to use comedy. And what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try and input logic back into our population because I've, I've watched us as a society get a little bit dumber, get a little bit less resilient, um, not want to get out of their comfort zones. Everyone mm-hmm. thinks they're fragile because you can sell to that. You know, it's kind of like a capitalism type thing. So, That's true. You can sell to fragile people. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Keep them nice and divided, not thinking, you know. Yeah. But uh, the the genius of what I'm trying to do is is where's the one place where you can catch somebody – where their guards are down and they don't have to identify themselves, it's a comedy club. Mm-hmm. So I can have I can have a conservative or a, a Democrat. I could have a undercover police officer. I could have a racist police officer. I could have a All Lives Matter, a Black Lives Matter. I could have someone in the closet, someone out of the closet. Yeah, I could have anything. Anything. And they just sit down. You don't have to identify yourself. Mm-hmm. The lights go down low. And they're open. Now you just slip some logic in. And if someone remembers just like, oh, that funny motherfucker, you know, like mm-hmm. and if the logic is solid enough, they'll go, maybe I don't have to beat my wife or whatever, you know, fill in the blank. Totally. So all I have to do, <clears throat> simple, all I have to do is get funnier than Dave Chappelle and then Easy. start sl- slipping that logic in. So, <laughs> just slip the logic in. Um, 
No, I think that that's really cool that you say that because I have a very similar view about comedy and the purpose of comedy. I find comedy is something that allows people to let their guard down mm-hmm. because it's not something typically, I mean, we're entering a world where that's a bit changing, but it's not something that's supposed to have an agenda Yep. or like that's what the audience walks in thinking there's that, no agenda to this. That the pure form of it. Pure form. Is, we're just trying to have a good yeah. time. We're just whatever. Now, of course, like the most, genius writers will find ways to kind of, you know, change your point of view on things or Mm -hmm. offer a different perception. And maybe that will like impact your life in a way where you do make real changes, like choosing not to beat your wife. Um, but yeah, I, I relate to that a lot or husband. Yeah. I mean, it happens both ways. It definitely (laughs) happens both ways. Like I I, I will fuck my husband up. But, um, yeah, I find comedy to be, I, I agree completely. Um, what's, what's something that you're hope? what's a logical thing you're hoping to slip in eventually? Oh, we're, we're, we're more indestructible than you think. Like the resilience of a human is, uh, the most amazing thing that's out there because, mm-hmm. um, like I could be paralyzed and you could take both my parents and blind me and I could still become a recording artist or a president or this or that, all those things, like all those boundaries, they're just waiting around the corner and it's up to you to stand up, you know, but mm-hmm. if, if capitalism keeps everyone sitting, like we're, we're basically not trying to sound like a conspiracy theorist. That's okay. I'm surrounded by them constantly. We're the, we're, we're at a close, we're, we're close enough to being, you know, like the matrix type stuff or the, you know, we're just turned into batteries and they're getting stuff from us. Like, like I I read a book recently and it's, it's by this person that is a, a researcher. She's been doing research for over like 30 years. Mm -hmm. And the way that this book, this nonfiction played out, it felt like a thriller and it's called the age of surveillance capitalism. And it just goes into all the things that your phone does, what it hears, what it what it sees, your behavioral patterns, what mm-hmm. you click on, what you're at, um, all those things, and all that data, they just sell it off. So they who just, do they sell it to? That's the question. Yeah. So, because I've been on the receiving end of working at a data company, and all I can tell you is that nobody knows how to organ like as much as that's the as much as it. they're. There is evil. There is also, yeah, chaos. And I think the one thing people have not, or like companies have not nailed down or a lot of, a lot, I think most humans have not nailed down is like, like communicating effectively Mm -hmm. and like communicating. We're losing it. Yeah. We're so bad at communicating. This battle is being lost because of feeling and phones and social media have got us in the place to where our feelings matter without any responsibility. So how you feel matters. Right. I've had communication problems to where I literally say words to a person. They repeat back the words, but they say, but I felt you said this. And I go, that's an impossibility. I could, there is no way that I can speak to you Mm -hmm. according to your feelings because I'm not Mm -hmm. psychic. No, but I think your feelings uh, inform your perception Right. They absolutely do. Mm-hmm. But you can't put that on someone else. No. The one part that I left about that conversation mm-hmm. is the other person was somehow offended with with something I said. Like okay. it, it caused a very 
one of the negative emotional reactions. Mm-hmm. Now, if you and I are having a conversation and we're talking right. about something, I bring up a subject and it brings that out of you. Mm-hmm. The second someone has the negative, emo- you know what? I'll just say the second anyone has an emotion, yeah, you start removing yourself from the conversation. So if I say something mm-hmm. and it gets you upset, imagine you start focusing on how upset you are. What else are you hearing? Nothing. If I make you sad, what else are you hearing? Nothing. If I make you happy, there's a chance you might still hear more because we feed off of it. It's like a dopamine effect. But mm-hmm. but I mean, what else are you hearing? Now you're getting focused on the happiness. Mm-hmm. So the emotions just make you focus on whatever you want to feel. And if you're emotions are more important than communication, you're going to focus on yourself and not the communication. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a very, we're losing this battle because of ego. Right. Well, this I agree with. I don't know, but okay. Let me think about this. Cause now I'm processing if I'm feeling something right now, I think maybe people would communicate better if they had the ability to, to stop and do what you're saying and say, I'm feeling angry right now. So I should stop. The thing, the thing, right. You're, you're, you're doing a, um, you're looking at this objectively and that's dope. I'm trying to, no, you, no, you got it. I'm saying you full on got it. But the reason that the reason that it's not necessarily hitting you is because I haven't said anything that you've attached to personally yet. Mm -hmm. But what about like in in a, in a real personal relationship, like you and I don't have a a super personal relationship, but in, in your life, I'm sure you do. I proposed to you yesterday. Like you told (laughs) me you'll get back to me, but, but, but even, even on, like if you're in like, like a partner, for example, like I think communication styles and if you're talking to your partner and they're saying all these like, nice things about you, complimentary things about you. And you feel like you're in love and you feel like admiration for the person. You feel seen and you feel respected and all yeah. these things. That must be nice. So, oh my God. So nice. I am kind of, I was, I was going on because yeah. I was like, wow, that would be really nice to feel. Yeah. Um, that's going to inform how you feel about the person in that moment. Right. And what if you mm-hmm. share a really nice moment with them? It, Cause it you were, you were just saying if, if it would be nice, if you feel an emotion, you should stop communicating. It would be nice if it were real. So you don't think it's real? No. Okay. Most of the time it's not because the thing is I find real works a lot better than fake. Now fake, it could be these compliments. It could be these things so that I can get you to feel good. Mm. What if it's not real? Right. I could just be gassing you up. Now, you could be just now when I have you. a bad day, how am I going to make you feel good with fake shit if I'm having a bad day? That's a lot of responsibility. It's too much. So what if we just started at a blank slate where we're both being real? So we really get to know each other. And we, it's almost like when you come to these relationships, let's leave the representative at home. Mm-hmm. Because we bring out a representative. I don't want to say this, so he'll think I'm crazy. I'm not going to say this because she won't let me fuck. Mm-hmm. All these different things. I mean, these mm-hmm. are all real thoughts. Because mm-hmm. I, I have a, a decent ability to you know, put myself in just almost all the shoes because there's nothing new under the sun. I've se- I've just right. seen it so many different times that it's almost becoming a rule. So we're sending out these representatives. We're not effectively communicating. I'm having a, a, a <laughs> the only reason I'm laughing is because I'm not trying to make a joke out of this, but I truly believe 
the only time that two humans mm-hmm. attracted to each other humans, mm-hmm. animals, I'm going to start calling them animals, the only time that they're actually true and honest is during a one-night stand. I'm going to explain. I During a one-night like stand. where you're going with it. Mm-hmm. The female side is like, yeah, I want that. On the male side, obviously, yeah, I want that. And then right there, it just sparks and it happens because there's this relationship. It's always a cat and mouse. It's rarely ever, you know, the mouse chasing the cat. But when it comes together and then comes together, like it's just. But the second you go on like that first, second, third or create a relationship afterward, that first date, each person has a representative. Like there's a dude on a date. Mm -hmm. He had a one night stand with you. He wants to fuck again. Right. Fucking again may not happen. Right. Because there's thoughts going on in her head. Well, I don't want him to think I may and all these other things. But none of those things are discussed. Mm-hmm. So now you're just at a date like, oh, so what's your favorite color? And what's your a whole bunch of things that don't matter. Mm-hmm. But what if I told you that the thing that led to the one night stand was also fake? What's the thing that led to the one night stand? Like the communi- like the way that people communicate before they... One night stands barely barely have communication. I've been scoped at one time and it was never in the United States because never in the United States is a (laughs) a first move ever made on me. Um, So I was in England for uh, a study abroad and I was at a bar and uh, at the time I was like 35. An older lady, she does this thing like, uh, can I buy you a drink? And I did the most cliche thing of like looking over my shoulder and then turning back like, who, me? She was like, yeah. It was one drink, it was two dances, and then it was back to her place, Bone Central. And, like, at Bone Central, sex happens. But she wanted to have sex with you, I think, the second she asked to buy you a drink. Probably a few minutes before even asking. Right. Okay, well, I've had one night stands where the only reason... How dare you? (laughs) The only reason I went home with that person was because, well, we had a, a real nice conversation and... Mm-hmm. There, there is a mat. Sorry, I'm, I'm really. Go you're like, it. you're breaking my brain a little. I'm trying to process what I'm about to say. What I used to love about one night stands, I don't do them anymore. I think for the opposite of what you just said about them being very honest, I find them to be completely disingenuous because there's this like spark and this like kind of like impulsiveness of like let's just do this now. That's and the most honest. E- it, if right. You try to the impulse is honest. Stand, it won't be honest anymore. Yeah. The impulse is honest. And I agree mm-hmm. with you. But then there's also this like kind of like whirlwind. Like I always say a one night stand feels like falling in love for one night. Yeah. Like the before. And actually the best part of a one night stand is the before. Yeah. Not the sex usually. Sometimes the sex. But that's for you. But that's yeah. For but, a guy. Yeah. 100% oh, okay. Okay. Great. Good to know. I mean, no, I, I, good to know. Let me write that down. <laughs> you, you shouldn't have to. No, no, no. It's for a hundred percent of men. Right. Right. But I find that then if you said, like you said, like then we keep going on dates, then you get to know the person a little bit more. Things change. The magic of that night goes away. And you're saying it's because people get less real as you get to know each other or like your representatives come out. Unless, unless you strive to be honest after it, like I haven't been in a scenario where I revisited a one night stand and we were both just honest about it. Now when that honesty does happen, whoa, like, like, whoa, cause, but, but I'm saying 
societally, mm-hmm. if that's a word, like in a society, we have rules and these, these, these conditions that we abide by mm-hmm. that, that say you're supposed to think a certain way and I'm supposed to think a certain way. Mm-hmm. Now, if you abide by those two things, mm-hmm. you will rarely communicate what you really want. Right. So like if I see Well, you're it, communicating if, within, yeah, within a specific framework. Yeah. And like if I go on a date mm-hmm. and I go, hi, it's a pleasure to meet you. You look great. Um, I'd really like to fuck you tonight. Zero mm-hmm. percent chance of me <laughs> fucking. Zero. No. Well, maybe like one percent. There's some, some if, people appreciate honesty. There's got to be other people that think like you. If, if I'm, it's it's smaller than one percent, mm-hmm. and 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 like even I have this analogy that I use. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorites. <clears throat> I really get to pull this one out. <laughs> That's what he said. So if you have a bar, and it's like filled with a hundred dudes, and a female comes in, and she's like a she's in between like a five and a seven on the scale of attractiveness or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause the, the attractiveness doesn't quite matter, but five and a seven, just remember that mm-hmm. hundred dudes, half of them are married, half of them aren't. And all she goes, she just says hello and asks one question. Mm-hmm. Would you like to have sex? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always have two separate numbers depending on the gender that I'm talking to. If I'm talking to a dude, I'm like 95% will say yes. Mm-hmm. Female, I'm like 75%, but you know, it's just because I'm, I'm trying not to sound as bad as I really think it is. 95% saying yes. Right. Because 5% um, might be deaf. So like. <laughs> <laughs> you got to account for but, the... but, but high percentage of the yes. Okay. Now flip the thing and I'm going to up the ante on the other side. Yeah. 100, 100 women. Uh-huh. And a guy that walks in with the equivalent attractiveness of like a Brad Pitt or Idris Elba. Just pick it, you know, just gorgeous fucking dude. Mm-hmm. You might can see his, his abs through his T-shirt. Got know? it. Um, chiseled, whatever the fuck. Not for me, but yeah. I'm just kidding. But but whatever your version of it is, that's what he looks like. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we can already, I'm not up there anymore. 50% of the women in there already want to fuck him. Okay. But same rules apply to him. Yeah. Hello? Would you like to have sex? I'm talking. L- l- 10 percentile of saying yes you think even the ones that already want to fuck them Ugh, who do you think i am fuck you hello would you like to have sex those are the only words hello would you like to have sex you think 10 percent? i think less what do you think borge uh maybe 10 percent. do you agree with that do you agree with the other i the, just don't think married i don't think half of married dudes on that but like if they're all single like 90% of people if the girl's hot and she's like I want to fuck I just think the only people would say no would be people who think it's like a trap okay so let's think why do you think that is why do you think I've been on this earth a long time no I no I you have optimism (laughs) no and I don't mean in a bad way no no you're still optimistic you should I want you to have that that type of optimism I don't I agree I don't have that type of optimism either um but what do you think it is? What do you think the relationship that men have with sex that makes that true? That that's or what's lacking? Why can't women say yes even if they want to? Because so society and the the design that's inside, right? Physiologically, like 
Okay. That's um, interesting. With women, um, if I may speak uh, loosely, mm-hmm. well, with women, it's typically they want to have sex almost as much as men, almost, but not even close. Almost <laughs> as much as men. <laughs> Got to laugh. Almost as much as men, but it's with person. But for men, it's they want to have a lot of sex, and it could be with person, but it's also persons. Mm-hmm. We're we're almost designed to spread seed, right? And and you're designed, women are designed to cultivate seed. So cultivate a relationship. That's why it's a more intimate situation where you're letting someone in. And with a man, he's just poking. So there's there's a lot more intimacy with the letting in. Right. I have heard this. That's more like physiological though, right? Also, because there's like the consideration to that you're also letting some literally letting someone's body enter yours but then society has a lot to do with a lot of that like yeah like being able to say sure i'd fuck patriarchy is hard Mm -hmm. are from the patriarchy Mm -hmm. i mean if we were to look at like the standards of beauty Mm -hmm. and these magazines men aren't writing these magazines if we're to look at lingerie if we're to look at lingerie Mm -hmm. just simply lingerie Mm -hmm. You could be wearing sweatpants. But it's informed by the male gaze. It is. It isn't. Because <laughs> men don't see lingerie. Man but sees lingerie. But lingerie is just supposed to accent boobs and butt. But if you're wearing a G-string, mm-hmm. where it's just string, mm-hmm. only, only it's that's made for two specific people. Okay. One of them is the whatever dude you choose if we're just talking about on mm-hmm. a hetero level and the other, and most importantly mm-hmm. is you. Yes. So patriarchy had touched none of that. No, it touched all of it. Far from it. <laughs> we're just not the ones that created that. I'm saying I, you could be wearing male boxers, right? I'm still going to go down there and do some damage. I, I don't need that. I don't need <laughs> A string no, up the ass. But the patriarchy does tell women that they are. The patriarchy tells I think women. Capitalism tells women what they are. Because it's a great way no, to control. But, but the but the patriarchy tells women that you need to you need a man in your life. And that you're valued by men. And that's how you seek value. I mean, no, like on a societal level, there mm-hmm. is a strain of that like logic. Mm-hmm. And then because it goes against when I was saying like capitalism, because capitalism, capitalism wants both. Capitalism wants both. You need a man, but it also wants you are a single strong woman and you don't need a man. Because I can make money off of both right, of those models. Right, right. In this, yes, in this day and age. But the undertone, okay, because yeah. we're getting a little bit off you. track. Because um, I'm trying to understand here. You don't think that lingerie was created for men. You think it was created by women for women, but to serve what purpose? To be sexual and to look a certain way yeah. that we have internalized makes us desirable to men. So it is informed by the male gaze. Because if, because... If it was just not, then women would just wear sweatpants. I wish they did. <laughs> I'd be a fan. I'm saying, like, like the thing is, it's it's women will forever and until the death of time mm-hmm. be an attraction to men. 
Mm-hmm. I don't need lingerie. I, there, there's an entire market right. of stuff that but you the guys insecurity buy. That pa- I don't need those. But, but, the, but the insecurity that the patriarchy creates in women is contributes to the need that then needs to be fulfilled by lingerie. <laughs> capitalism. No, because because so like capitalism is the thing that do you says not believe you in the patriarchy, or you just don't believe specifically that the patriarchy touches lingerie. I don't believe that patriarchy touches lingerie. I think there's a bunch of th- makeup. Mm-hmm. Men men have nothing to do with that. The stand of how well you no the history just- of makeup was that it helps you look more desirable, right? And and nowadays it's gone. To but who do you think places? women are doing that for themselves? I think and, now and, we're teaching and, them and to do it for themselves. It, but I think the real reason is because you are you do you are seen as valuable if you are a good looking woman. And if you are not a good looking woman, you do lose value whoever, in society. Who, whoever set up those and societal that, standards, yeah. which isn't a man, it's some type of capitalistic controlling but, Okay, property. I'm not saying necessarily though, that a man is the one who was like, you have to wear lingerie in order for men to think you're attractive. I think it's it goes it's much more complex than that. I think that women, yes, mothers teach their daughters to do things in order to get a husband because there was a time where that was your only purpose. You don't exist outside of your worth to men. And so all of that and then yes, fueled by capitalism, all of that made mm-hmm. women buy things that made them look attractive, but it's because it stems from a belief that if you're not attractive attractive as a woman, you don't have value in the society. And I think proof of that is when women age out, they, they very much become invisible and we don't value them as much. There are, there are certain things that lead to that. I mean, it's, it's very complex. It is complex. And we're talking in like very reductive ways right now, but I I think to tackle this, this subject, I, 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 I'm, I'm trying to choose the the, the right word because it's also a very, it's a very touchy subject to individuals. I only look at it with like the data and I try to stay as far removed from it as I can. Um, looking at it from uh, aging out and not being the same on the market, like that has to do with choice. So it's like if we were to look at the dating pool or mm-hmm. men and women, like it still has to do with this type of market of, of people's desires. Mm-hmm. So when you say like a woman phases out like at a certain age and becomes invisible, on the reverse end, if these males, which I hate because some of my algorithm spouts some of this stuff, but it's like there's this 90 percentile of men or 80 percentile of men that are invisible to women and because they're not six foot tall, gorgeous like me, mm-hmm. uh, making six figures, mm-hmm. being able to spend money on the, the women that do put on the makeup and the heels and all this other effort. Mm-hmm. And I think all of these little dances that we're doing mm-hmm. is horseshit because it's all lies. Mm-hmm. It's all about like looks and it's I, all about I, photos. I, I, like, I think I see what you're saying and I, I would love to think that it's lies, but people buy into it. Oh, yeah. Because we're, so, selling, we're selling this product that's being driven by a type of capitalistic, similar to when I mentioned that book, Surveillance Capitalism, mm-hmm. it is being driven by these things that aren't real. Like, like Instagram has, has put stuff in people's head, gas people up mm-hmm. to, to cap, to, to, 
look a certain way, put on a filter so I look pretty, mm -hmm. uh, me stand on top of something so I look tall, uh, me stand in front of this vehicle so mm -hmm. it looks like it's mine, me holding money that's, you know. But we're marketing towards a need, because we're always marketing towards a need. No, wants. A want, a the, the, but the a want that's a perceived need, though. Well, I think it's a need. need. It's a human need to want to be accepted. No, I don't sir. think it's the right way to get it. No, sir. Yes, sir. No sir. no, sir. Okay. It's a need. human need to want to be accepted. Looking by at society. looking at Maslow's hierarchy, when you have like the self concept, then you go to like mm -hmm. nature, then you go to like shelter, and I, I'm I'm speaking like all over the place. But there are the intrinsic needs, mm -hmm. you know, yep. and then there are these these other needs, and then there's these needs, and then there's these wants, and then there's these beliefs. You about to pull it up? Yeah. He does. That's, that's he the does third one the Google. The love and belonging. Yeah. So that's the Maslow. So most people have physiological and safety needs. Yeah. Right? So everyone's stuck here. And that would be where someone's capping on Instagram is because you think capping is going to bring you this need. Now, it's not the right and, thing. And if you move the, the cursor up, they've made this trick to where it skips esteem and it goes to self-actualization. That I would agree with. Because it's such a trick that they pull. So when they th when you think you need this, you you make it into like a life or death. You think yes. it's so, so it's a big old skip, but it's not a real need because when no, I talk about it's a perceived needs, need. Yeah. Perceived, and that's where you got it right on the money. Yeah. The perceived need is where we're losing. And I would battle. say that the perceived need, those perceived needs that women and men have that this idea that men have to be six foot and that women have to be whatever gorgeous or whatever, whatever it is, the perceived needs that we have, I think are informed by the patriarchy. That's my point. I don't think so. Okay. Women are the ones that are choosing what they want in a dude, and men are the ones choosing what they want in women. But we have been socialized to think what we that we need certain things that are that are that are actually perceived needs, like what we I need. Think that's capitalism, because that's the best way to sell it. I think they go in tandem. I think they work very well together. The patriarchy, and I think capitalism, capitalism was created as a result of the patriarchy. Hmm. I see it more as capitalism, even though I see the tie. I could see the tie, and I could, it could easily um, be that they're just tied and they're hip to hip, hip, hip and hip. But yeah. Like in my head, I don't think of. I don't say patriarchy in my head. I just say capitalism. Yeah. Because that's fair. I don't know who's up there. It's a bunch of cloaked motherfuckers. <laughs> they may have danglings, but it's bigger yeah. than a patriarchy thing because the evil that they inflict is way bigger than holding women down. But it's not. But here's I think. Um, um, Whenever I hear patriarchy, I think of holding women holding down. women down. But actually, a, it, uh, yeah, and I think head, yeah, and it does, and it, and it's because we have we've we've linked that like the way yeah. we've taught it. It mm -hmm. has, but there has been a, a great focus on. Um, the people that are uh, calling it out more, which traditionally has been women, but patriarchy, the patriarchy hurts men and women. It teaches men that they have to be and women providers. It teaches, it teaches men all these kind of and women. Yeah. And women, it, teaches, it teaches both of us, but everyone's it, getting miseducations. Yeah. Yes. But it's a, it's a, it's a system that works very well because it it controls keeps, it controls yeah. and it and it makes us but believe when I, I that we that, think to need right to be capitalism. certain things. Absolutely, and 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 only way we can like 
go above and beyond and heal from mm -hmm. any of that is creating the other options. So fighting, never the answer. No. Ever. Right. Because if we were to fight over the semantics of capitalism or patriarchy, right. it's exactly what, instead of calling it patriarchy or capitalism, we could call them they. That's what they want. Yeah. Because as long as we're doing that, you'll buy into something over yeah, here. Yeah, we're fighting. And I'll yeah. buy into something over mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to input more logic. And if I could put more logic, more logic, more logic, if I can get people to think outside the box, outside the box, mm -hmm. all these things, at least there'll be enough confusion with the whatever that says I won't be controlled. I'm just going to make an in informed decision. Mm -hmm. If I want to go sit down and watch the Desperate Housewives of uh, South Central, which... Um, we'll Real be, Housewives of South it, Central. It'll be airing on CBS. <laughs> <laughs> but but like if I want to sit down and watch that, mm -hmm. I just want people to have the reasoning of I'm watching this because. Just put extra thought into things because the less we think, the more we're controlled. Totally. The less we think, the more we're mm -hmm. agitated and we want to get angry and we want to argue. You know, like I truly, well, one, I truly believe logic solves and heals all because everything that we're using in here was created by logic, not emotions. Okay, so this is something that I think is incorrect because logic, someone explained this to me recently. Emotions drive logic? No, emotions don't drive logic. Okay. But part of logical reasoning is also being aware of emotions. So not, we don't have to replace emotions with logic because it would be, it would be very Ill illogical. That's not a word. It would no, not be illogical. It would be very illogical to not be aware of the fact that human beings do experience emotions and emotions are constantly in flux and to not take those into account, I don't think would be very logical. Depends on the problem. But like, for I, sure, when I mean, again, we're talking, we're talking so like, no, but, but, but it's, but if I'm, you, if you take a broad subject and you just put some focus to it, like the camera that's looking at us, the internet, electricity, the mm -hmm. structure of this building, you know, mm -hmm. the, the, the logic that came into this table, like all of that stuff, the, the building blocks of the visual world that we see was built off of logic from the bridge to the mm -hmm. road systems, all those things. But it was also built by humans and the humans were able to enact that logic because they felt emotions. No. Wait, can I interject? Go for it. The internet 100%. was made in World War II, which was caused by emotion. So it's like we use logics to create the no, things. No, no, go back that to that. The go desire that. for the things comes from Go back emotion. to that. World War II was created by what? Emotions. Just please explain, because I have no idea. Uh, someone has to be very emotional and believe something without logic to slaughter people and go to war. It's not a logical state to kill another human. It's pure emotion. It's someone who's logical at the top getting the masses emotional and riled up behind the cause and then but to get someone emotional you need logic yes like, but like a when few I bring people up like, at the top are logical you fully agree but, but that's how that's I think how the people at the top are also emotional I don't think there's no human being in the world that doesn't experience emotion it, but you're going to a little bit of hyperbole I don't mean the lack of uh, experiencing emotion right I mean you can have whatever emotion that you have mm -hmm. and it could do some sort of driving but to get the desired result, it takes logic. Okay, let's be specific. Mm -hmm. Building this table, right? Mm -hmm. There's someone who built this table. They probably built 
like 10 more tables exactly like it. And yeah, they use logic, they use math, they use science, they mm. use whatever. But they also had to wake up every morning and have the drive and have the emotion to do it or what made them become a carpenter, or what like pushed them to hone their craft so that they're making tables for a living. Or we took the design and we put it in a factory and it's an automated thing that pumps out the table. Okay, type thing. but an engineer but I, but had to program that machine and, even, and an engineer became an engineer. So it's the desire. Maybe because their father didn't love them and they had to. I dig what you're saying. No, but I'm just saying like, but, but it's, I mean, it's not, logic has to be reasonable. This is what it, this is now the video is coming back to me. Logic has to be reasonable and it is not reasonable to assume that humans don't experience emotions. So in order to be no logical said, in no this world, no we have to take those into account. No one said not experience emotion. Okay. I just, that, what that, did no one say? A, I'm saying I did not say anything. <laughs> no, no, I know. But you said that everything that was made in this room was made with logic and not, not emotion. emotion. Yeah. Nothing was made like by emotion. And if it, if, Motion was the driving force. You have to enact the logic portion. I mean, mm. you can have that drive to be the first man on the moon or or, mm -hmm. or create something that was never existing before. Mm -hmm. And we can try and say that an emotion mm -hmm. got you to that point to drive you, to wake you up every day, to focus on it, to get... Well, I wouldn't say one emotion. I would say many emotions. But it's the desire to succeed that gets us to those places. The person that fails which are fueled a hundred times. Yeah, which are fueled by emotion. But the des a desire is I desire is an emotion. Now that is the emotion, like the desire. Sadness, happiness, don't necessarily come into play. Because like when you fail a hundred times, mm -hmm. like. For me to succeed the 101, it's the desire to succeed. Mm -hmm. That one process is the result of all these inventions that we have. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's even an accident, you know, like penicillin mm -hmm. or whatever. But I mean, the desire to succeed is the only thing that gets us to this other way. Like, I'm trying to think, uh, was there ever a happiness or a sadness that drove something? into logic, into creating. I just don't think you can isolate emotion out of logic. I think that emotions are there and then there's logic, but you have to be able to, you, you don't just like have logic without emotions. If, if I were going, if I were going to like start a campaign, it would be of, more control over emotions. Yeah, I agree. So like, I'm not going on zero. Mm -hmm. And I just, cause I, like, I'm, I'm not robot need oil. No. So like, it, it's not the lack of, you know, mm -hmm. but with a certain amount of control, you'll be able to go a lot further than emotional chaos mm -hmm. and the simplicity of emotional chaos. I don't mean I'm going, but if you just have, three different emotions mm -hmm. and three people, but you're trying to come to a single consensus, it becomes difficult. So if one person's happy, one person's sad, mm -hmm. one person's uh, constipated. Well, because I would say those pe people are in different states 
of their existence at that moment. Like yeah. that's the thing is just, like emotions are fleeting and they don't, they're not here to stay. They, they change and they do inform our, just, yeah, they do inform our decision-making. They inform how we communicate and they are momentary. And so having kind of like, that's a lot of what cognitive dissonance is, is taking a step back objectively and saying, I'm feeling this right now. Why am I feeling it? What's at the root of it? How have I felt this in the past? How have I reacted in the past? And how do I, how can I react in a situation right now that's not necessarily logical, but that's just really good for the situation specifically? Because if you're really angry at me, I have two choices. I can, well, I have many choices, but my emotions could be, I'm angry now too, because you're angry at me and then we fight and whatever. Or it could be, I'm sad, you're angry and I'm sad. And that just, maybe that'll, I don't know, maybe that'll diffuse the situation. Or you could be angry and I could be a sicko and that could make me really happy because I wanted you to be angry. Um, The way we communicate in those states, but we're in different states. We're not in the same place at all and and the the thing that i'd be searching for is um good that's just a five okay yeah like i thought it was like a commercial break Um, (laughs) the thing that i'm trying to seek is 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 like um problem solving problem solving skills um and problem problem resolution Mm -hmm. so conflict resolution conflict yeah i was having a problem with that so like Conflict resolution, all those things that I'm mm-hmm. looking for um, get a little hindered when emotion gets introduced. Totally. So I, I I have an engineering degree. I think of things very logically. I think of things in a certain way. Um, with emotional control, you can solve problems a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. You but you're never problems. not going to feel those you emotions. Can, I'm, not, I'm not talking about never not. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm more concerned with solving problems than, right. than processing all these other things because I'd if we have this emotional freedom, mm-hmm. these problems that we so-called have, mm-hmm. we're never going to address them. Like I have a small catchphrase that eventually if I get famous, uh, it'll be all out there. It's when was the last time you solved a problem by not talking about it? Now, take any big problem. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you only use racism because the other ones get a little as subjects but like we just say racist don't don't be it or we'll cancel somebody we're yep. just real quick to yep but we never talk about the why yep we'll never solve any problem shutting it down and never getting into the why mm-hmm. now there's a bunch of things that are in place to where you can never talk about the why especially in a public sphere i personally personally want to sit down with a racist it's not going to be recorded. It's not going to be this. It's not going to be any of these things that we can get some type of benefit. Yeah, that from cha- it. and also change. Yeah, it will just be the reality me talking, mm-hmm. so that they can be as free and as angry and whatever. Because I'm so curious mm-hmm. of the why. Mm-hmm. So curious that I don't care about all the other things because mm-hmm. we we are totally missing the plot when it comes to that. Now you take any of these other big subjects, mm-hmm. whether it's pedophilia or any of these other mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. where it's it's a no no. You can't talk about you it. Can't you can't talk about it. Yeah. If I had a problem with diddling kids, mm-hmm. I if. don't. I don't have a pl- if. When I get that problem, mm-hmm. hopefully get that that uh you know I get famous. Don't laugh. What's wrong with you? <laughs> get that invite <laughs> to that island. So, ooh man, I can't wait till they open up the second theme park. So. <laughs> It's gonna be great. Oh, I can't. I'm a little too old to go there, but no. So, 
because I'm trying to get my second place. Okay. Home plate filled. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Second place. Anyway, black place. Okay. Talking about pedophilia. Talking about pedophilia. Um, we don't want to talk a, about if it. If I had a problem, mm-hmm. I'm not even in a place to where you'd be able to talk to a healthcare provider with, you know what I mean? Yep. Like those, those would be a stipulation because you're still talking to another person. So it's like, if it's not open for that, we're not open to the solution. We are no. only open to lock them all up. I mean, shit, if you were to ask the population, mm-hmm. lock them all up, put them on an island and burn them or some mm-hmm. shit like that. And then they put them on an island and everyone got mad. <laughs> Well, there was no, kids there too. Yeah, <laughs> well, that was the problem. Yeah, no, no um, if you just get rid of those. Yeah, no. Did you see how they were dressed though? Okay. Yeah, Let's, but <laughs> it's true though. You're right, and I I actually have thought about this specifically with pedophilia because I'm like it is something that we are not open to talking about, and so we won't we won't we're nowhere close to the solution. Mm-hmm. Um, too many emotional responses. I would say. I'd have to too much to, trauma and to we don't want to look, we just don't want to look at the evil. We don't want to look at evil in the eye. You'd have to be yeah. emotionless yeah. to talk to someone and get down to the bottom of their problems. Of a, like a pedophile. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's definitely, I mean, there's therapists and, and psychologists that speak to people who we, we hope, but there's still people. That's the, that's the, it's like, like I've, I've been in therapy a couple of times and like, it's, a very interesting phenomenon pulling yourself out of the emotional realm to really be objective. Yeah. Cause it's just, it's an exercise and it's a mm-hmm. tough exercise and it takes mm-hmm. practice. Mm-hmm. I'm the stuff that I'm preaching when, when you kept saying like, Oh, without emotion, without emotion, like I was taking it like personal, you're not wrong, mm-hmm. but I'm not saying that. You're, mm-hmm. you're not, I would, I would, I would love to get to a certain place to where it's like, I'm not affected because I want the end result to be some solution to some problem. Mm-hmm. I'll take that burden. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say I want other people to be that mm-hmm. because I, I want, I can be the martyr in that, in that scenario. That's how much I care about change and making a, a difference. I think it can help when people get all caught up in the emotions and mm-hmm. caught up in the personal and not caught up in the solution, mm-hmm. like, like do people really care about the future? You know, when it's going to be radical mm-hmm. when you start thinking about the future yeah. and like whether it's Malcolm X, Martin Luther King or Adolf Hitler, they were all thinking a certain way about their vision of the future. Mm-hmm. And it gets, it goes down a very tough pathway mm-hmm. because just because I think this will be better for the future, what's to stop me from becoming some stupid dictator because I get drunk off of power? Mm-hmm. So, so, but you have to ask yourself those questions. Mm-hmm. You know, for me to get change, I'm gonna have to be radical. No one's getting change one person at a time. Like Malcolm. Well, they M- they can, but it's it's gonna take a long time. But you could sit it, down and have this conversation with like a thousand people and maybe convert 500 of those people. And then you did convert 500 of those people, but yeah. On a, but, but I see but what you're saying sort of on way, a, yeah, on a you. realistic, on a, uh, you got to catch effect, fire. Effective yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. Effective way, you have to be radical. You got to catch fire. Yes. And it's got, it's through like radical ideas or whatever. Like we're, we're not like, there's still demonstrations. There's still marches, but like, it's just not at that level of, and I'll keep bringing up Martin Luther King. Like 
he tapped into a certain type of logic to entice a certain type of emotion. The mm-hmm. turning the other cheek and getting your fucking ass beat was less of an emotion and it was more of a logical state because there was a rule. The rule is you're going to be met with the worst part of life and you have to take it personally, you know, like, like I've been, I've been looked at before in that sort of realm Mm -hmm. and whenever they talk about like the change or anything with racial things, Mm -hmm. all I have to do is like look at those videos Mm -hmm. of like the police dogs or, you know, people getting beat. And I just go, this thing is so timeless and it's so secretive. We'll never get to the bottom of it Mm -hmm. because it'll never affect people that it doesn't affect. Whenever like being looked at, like I'm not a human, Mm -hmm. it is hard to do on another realm. Like when we're talking about like Jews and, um, Palestinians or uh, Irish or any of these other individuals that had you know some rough times. Mm-hmm. The thing that's been like going past with the times is the dark skin, you know, like a, a, a white presenting individual looking at a dark skinned individual as like property. Like it's just it's just so different. It's so we get caught up on so many other issues that it's just, it's so there's people that want to like cancel someone because they said the N word or, or a prime minister put on blackface. Like I could give a fuck about that. Mm-hmm. The dude that put his knee on that guy's neck, mm-hmm. he may have never said the N word once, Nope. but he just didn't care. No. Like my biggest concern is if I'm on the, on the ground, like bleeding out someone's hate, will keep them from calling 911. Mm-hmm. And you can't prosecute that. You can't cancel that. It's no, all a feeling up you here. You can't prosecute hate. Until we can get into the reasons why. Yeah. We'll never, we'll just keep right. drawing sides. You're I either don't on think this we side won't. or that side. I don't think we want to know the reasons why. We don't. Because there's think too we, much emotion involved well, with it. Well, I'm because sorry it's also it just, like no, but it's because it's, it, it's the, 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 the ugliest truth of the matter is that it's, it's a complete lack of humanity and that I think is quite rampant. It's not a complete lack. I mean, well, a partial cause, lack. Cause they're still, they're still, they think of themselves as human people that don't like right, black but people are, are, are just are, are me. Yeah. That's how they think of themselves yeah. because no one writes themselves off as the villain no. in their own story. No, no. Hitler didn't. No. No matter how bad we think he is and look back on everything that people do, if we know that people don't write themselves as a villain, Mm -hmm. that's why I would like to sit down and talk to a, I'm talking about, I don't give a fuck what he says. Mm -hmm. I, it's going to hurt. It's going to be in a bunch of places, but I care more about the process than I do of how it feels because it feels much worse if it ever happened to me. Like I'm like, yes, I see what you're saying. Like, so you're saying prioritize logic, prioritize emotions. Logic already has priority because it's pass or fail. It's yes or no. It's a one or a zero. No, but I mean like, I mean like in everyday interactions, people, you, you would, you would like people to prioritize logic and deprioritize emotions. But I don't think you can have 
just one. I don't think you can have the complete absence of emotions, I've, but you can prioritize logic. I still am not talking about having an absence of emotions. It's just I want it to be the priority, and I I want there to be emotional yes. control. Because with yes. emotional control, and I, I'm with you, can, you. You can get to we we are talking about like the same thing. Yeah, we're using different words. Yeah, we, we are allies, and. Will you marry me? No, no, that, but, but, but it, it is. Can I get back to you tomorrow? No, oh, please. <laughs> yeah, really, can I get back to you on the fifth when you're in? No, but marriage, fuck that. Um, what's, your, what's your take on marriage? Um, we don't have enough time to get into it. My take on marriage is, uh, I mean, the history of marriage is really interesting. It's, it's, a, it's a social construct that was created for property purposes. Do you think? And then we interjected you, love into it, and then we sold that. that and then we sold, sold that sold that dream to women and men. Thank I'm So one of these days you will include men, but yeah. So it's like the well, new we sold it to both of them, really. I mean, men idealize marriage. Also, it's the same. It's if they didn't, they they, sold it to they men wouldn't first. make the dichotomy of women you marry and women you fuck. They no, they sold it to men first. I mean, we're we're the ones that we. We were the first ones they were selling to. Yep. Then they broke up That's the, true. the nuclear That's true. family. And now they can sell to men and women. Mm -hmm. Now it's just a bunch of lies going around and someone's still just making money, you know? Mm -hmm. But like you see a Zales commercial or a Jared commercial. Mm -hmm. That's the sales. That, but you know, it's it it's it's to attract the female eye, but it's going to entice the male wallet. Mm -hmm. I don't see a diamond commercial. And it commercial makes men go, feel good. I don't go Ooh, to buy women jewelry, it does make it makes them feel good too. It makes them to it, well, they want to make them. They want to make say you I feel did good. But it also makes them feel good. It it that, if you buy if you buy you're able to go. I'm a guy who can buy a woman provider jewelry. Yes, there's a there is an esteem factor the, to those it. Those guys are still cavemen. Like that's. Because that's a very caveman mentality. Now, here's the thing. But that's I would say. I'm also that caveman. People buy into it. But I'm still I'm still that guy. Mm -hmm. It's just uh, creeping creeping away from it because I care way more. Like like right now, if some some nonsense were to happen right now, I would legit go full on like caveman mode and protect. I'd protect both of you because I'm very I'm very military. Like I'm, on, I'm like a big black Jason Bourne. But like I would, I would, I would do that thing, you know. Madness would be right there, take a few bullets, body slam somebody. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah. But I think that way. Yeah. Which is healthy for our society. But when it, in the long run, minus violence and minus all these other things, I'm more concerned with my happiness than these primal thoughts that have been ingrained into for me sure. about a dude. And because, I think, yeah. Because for me, and in my opinion, for men, we are the only ones in charge of our happiness. That's totally. It. It, it is but for everyone. Everyone is only in charge of their happiness. Nope. Because we've already established, uh, I'm buying women stuff to make them feel happy and, and quote, it makes me feel happy. It doesn't like, but like, it makes some men feel happy but, and but women are doing for, things. Except but for it, when it goes somewhere, but, like, like I buy you a ring, mm -hmm. it makes you feel happy. If you just leave me, do I still have that happiness about buying the ring? Yeah. Because you get to leave with a ring. Well, you might be able to go. Well, you get I'm someone. I meant it, you're someone mm -hmm. having that has money, and you can buy things for someone, and that then see them benefit from it. But yeah, and I, 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 feel, oh. I feel that we're we're over time. <laughs> but it's like if I bought you a ring 
I'm not happy about it if it leaves. I lost will money. You, well, you bought me. Yeah, but if you bought me a ring, when I get back to you, if you bought me a ring, mm-hmm. I would be happy about what that signified. And I think you at would be t- happy of what that signified at, at that, that time. time. We and break up. You break you up. You are not You're happy about the, the ring. ring. You're keeping well, the ring. Well, I would give it back. You would. But that's. Said, said one but, out of a million that wouldn't, you know, but like it, it's a huge loss because it's very temporary dudes opening their wallet and doling out that happiness. Super temporary. For sure. But the happiness goes away when we break up on both ends. It's not just you that's no you longer happy with the ring. ring. Yes, but I was happy about what the ring signified. Uh, very temporary thing. Well, I can sell the ring and then get money and have a temporary. And like, ain't that something? So ain't I that had something? To lose but money. I could also give it back to you, and you could. <laughs> what is the percentage of people that would give back? The I ring? don't know. We have to look that up, but Damn. we don't have time. Okay, okay. but this is really two. great. Part, Part two, two for sure. Um, thank you, Jay, for coming. Lord of the rings. Thanks to everyone who listened to this episode. Have a great week and we'll see you next week. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.